right, welcome friends to the show podcast. I'm your host, Don. I've got special guest with me, Peter Clow, and I interview leaders about marketing, entrepreneurship, and technology. Thank you so much for being here, Peter. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, you're welcome. So yeah, I'd love to get started. Um, where um, where do you want to begin with your, uh, your story as a um, entrepreneur slash uh, podcaster? Okay. Um, I'm an audio guy and I'm on video now, but my, one of my new year's resolutions was to get over my, uh, um, avoidance of video. It's not really a fear. It's just something that I was uh, a radio guy, uh, starting in, uh, in high school really. And then in college and, uh, always was a big fan of theater of the mind. Um, video was, uh, you know, at this time I'm, uh, I went to college in the late seventies and uh, video was happening. There was cable access, uh, but you know, not many people had uh, cable at that point. And I was much more into a radio. FM was still cutting edge and still fun, uh, progressive and interesting. And I got involved with that uh, and then did it professionally on the air and in production uh, for a few years, moved into sales, uh, was an advertising sales representative in New York City and Baltimore and Washington, uh, sales manager as well. And uh, in the early 90s, I got very excited about the idea of the internet and started a business which was uh, an internet direct response marketing business, which was really uh, great and fun and exciting uh, as the internet was uh, new and, uh, and, and dial up and uh, it was, you know, but it was still really cool and it combined a lot of things. And over the past years, obviously, uh, it has grown to uh, really, uh, everybody now has a higher speed internet than the dial-ups we had when we started and audio became a reality and video followed. And uh, now with uh, podcasting, you have a lot of things fusing together. You have the uh, internet uh, and radio uh, and video all combined uh, into mobile. And so you have the most powerful, personal, portable medium that ever existed. Uh, and almost everybody has it at this point or can. About half of the people under 35 listen to podcasts at least weekly. Uh, the older people are a little slower to catch on, but many do. Um, it's something which, um, you know, it all seems to make sense looking backwards. I think Steve Jobs said that you can only connect the dots looking in reverse. And so a couple of years ago, I started doing some podcasts for hire for a, a publishing company in Baltimore called Agora Financial and hosted the early investing podcast, which, uh, and produced that, which, uh, focused on early stage investing, uh, crowdfunding, equity crowdfunding, uh, and the ability now for people with, uh, who are not accredited investors to invest in private placements, which didn't exist until just a few years ago. And, uh, that was a really interesting run and, uh, did a couple others, um, independently. And then for the Baltimore city paper, and then the last year I started the independent podcast Alliance, um, I originally was going to do an advertising network for small podcasters and quickly realized that they didn't need to get eight or $25 a month uh, from running a couple of cheesy ads on their, on their shows, but they really needed other help. They needed help to improve, grow and monetize their podcasts. And they needed to be able to talk to each other. And so I started an organization uh, which allowed people to work together to grow, improve and monetize their podcasts. And that's the Alliance of the podcasters. On the other side of that, we forged alliances with various, uh, service providers and equipment providers and coaches and mentors and things like that, where we are introducing the members of the alliance to these uh, goods and services um, as we can. We also help them promote their podcasts and hooking people up with each other for guests and uh, also some guest services uh, alliances. And so it's uh, really coming together. We have about a thousand members right now. 
and it is something which I'm really happy with and proud of and looking forward to growing into the next level. In addition to that, um, I've started a, uh, a business which helps people to launch podcasts, uh, to edit them. Sometimes people get uh, either tired of editing or they're busy professionals who want to do a podcast to enhance their business and amplify their authentic voice. But they don't know where to start or they don't think they have the time to do it. And what we do is we streamline the process for them so that all they have to do is record their stuff. We do everything else, the editing, mixing, mastering, uploading, even creating promotional items. And if they choose to pay cash for promotion, uh, doing ads and things, we can manage that for them as well. That's where we are with the Alliance right now and uh, the short version of how I got there. Beautiful. <laughs> I couldn't say it better myself. Uh, that's amazing. Um, can you tell me a little more about the Podcast Alliance and how younger members can be included with that? Well, it's something where anybody can join it. Um, I defined it as the Independent Podcast Alliance with uh, you know, the emphasis on people who are not aligned with a major media company. Uh, be it NPR or iHeart or Spotify or or even a, a local TV station or whatever. Um, but even if you are working for one of those companies now, you might not be working for them in a week or a month or a year. You may be deciding to go independent. Uh, people who are just interested in potentially starting a podcast are welcome to join and, uh, and learn. Uh, really, it's open to just about anybody. Uh, anybody. I haven't kicked anybody out. Um, and <laughs> the, uh, the main thing is, um, you know, that you join and we send out uh, information via email on a semi-regular basis, which was moving to a more frequent and more regular basis. Uh, we're launching the Independent Podcast Alliance podcast, which will feature uh, stories from our members and, uh, and sometimes other guests who are uh, important to the, the whole movement. Um, is it a movement? That's somebody else's organization. Uh, <laughs> to the community, yes. There you go. Keep changing. The podcast. <laughs> and the, uh, you know, the idea uh, of how people help each other, it's uh, we've set up a private social media network. Uh, I use a platform called Mighty Networks, uh, which is a white label version where you have something. It's like a Facebook group, but without uh, Facebook involved. Uh, so we can do just about anything in there. Uh, we could sell products, uh, etc. And it's a way for people to have a place to, to interact. There is also a Facebook group, um, which will be growing. I haven't paid too much attention to it because I've been focused on the, on the network itself. Uh, one of my most exciting things that happened with the, uh, with the private social network was after I set it up and people were invited to join it, I checked in a, a couple days later and conversations had started that I did not start. Uh, and that was starting to happen. And I, I really trying to encourage more of that to happen, uh, to really make it what the vision was, which uh, was independent podcasters helping each other. Beautiful, beautiful. And so I, I'd love to hear your, um, your response to how to, uh, it sounds like you're beginning to cultivate the group, but how do you want to like take it, like how do you want to keep building it? Like do you have any projections for that? Well, I'm not funded by anybody other than myself, uh, and we need to uh, generate some revenue. And so, uh, how I'm doing that is through my uh, the uh, you know the coaching and launching business. And as that um, you know generates funds, a lot of that will be poured back into growing the alliance uh, through um, you know through ads in various places, Facebook, etc. Some of the things which I, I haven't uh, done now. It's really been pretty organic, one-on-one uh, -on -one outreach. Um, how about uh, I guess it's like 7,600 Twitter followers, which uh, is okay. Uh, it's helpful, um, and it's something which uh, 
yeah, I get into some interesting conversations on that, but it's not something which, uh, you know, even if you have many, many thousands, the way that Twitter works, you know, any particular tweet only gets seen by a very, very small percentage of that 7,000. So the list of members is really the, the initial thing. And there will be some incentives to uh, have other people uh, invite. There's going to be a, uh, I don't know if I call it a VIP, very important podcaster, uh, or uh, some kind of a, a program which will be a, a paid membership, uh, which will involve more one-on-one work and, uh, and consulting and some other benefits, which we're, uh, we're working on right now. Uh, and that will uh, help us to grow because we're really just putting uh, any revenue uh, back into, uh, into growth uh, and really wanting to make it the place uh, for independent podcasters to come together. Beautiful, beautiful. So I'm just going to back up a little bit about your history about being in radio and broadcasting because I'm sure. really fascinated with that facet um, because I've been a um, big radio buff myself and I never really got into it back in school. I was actually in journalism instead and I did the paper version, but I was also I was always fascinated with the broadcasting field of things. So can you just share with me a little bit like a story about your old like old school broadcasting days? Uh, sure. Um, you know, radio, uh, particularly like FM rock radio, used to be the uh, center post of, of, a, of the tent of a, of a community in whatever broadcast region you had. You know, if you had a station with just a few hundred watts, like a college radio station that really served that community, um, that was where people turned to find out what was going on. And in a, a larger market where you had a more powerful station, you know, covering a metropolitan area, multiple counties, you would have a, you know, it'd be commercial for sure, but it'd be also something where there'd be a lot of shared stuff. Like this weekend, a great movie is opening and we'll talk about it. And, you know, and it wasn't a paid thing. It was just a social thing. Or on Saturday, there's a concert, a free concert in the park uh, that the station could be sponsoring or it could just be happening. Um, radio stations used to have ride boards, where, you know, if uh, I needed a ride to New York, uh, I could post that, you know, I I would be happy to share gas and I want to leave on Friday the 21st or whatever. Uh, It was very much focused on on community. Uh, And there was uh, an awful lot of things that happened. It was kind of like when there were only three television networks and everybody saw Johnny Carson's monologue on The Tonight Show. Um, And, you know, now we're in this world where radio is still there and people still listen to it. But it is much more formulaic and much more um, constrained in many parts. Yes, there are still good community radio stations. There are still good public radio stations. But commercial radio uh, in general is really uh, about the bottom line. They fired so many people, so much is done remotely, uh, that that medium has changed dramatically. And the most important change that's happened with radio is that the advertisers, the local advertisers, now have so many other options. Um, you know, to go to, uh, you know, Facebook groups or Google ads or their own email list or texting lists. And these things can be much more precisely targeted. And uh, then, you know, having a, a big, powerful radio station that covers six counties, if I have a bike shop on one end of that range, it used to make some sense, but it doesn't make as much sense anymore. Uh, it's still a great way for people to introduce things. Uh, it's word of mouth at hyperspeed. It's, um, you know, a friend talking to a friend, but what podcasting has done is taken the community part of radio and niched it down to an impossibly minute level, um, where you can have a podcast, which focuses on, you know, it's something so small that only a few hundred people would be interested in it. But if you have those hundred people, it's incredibly powerful. 
And so it's like a, it's not even broadcasting. It's narrow casting. It's uh, it's podcasting, and it's um, you know, it, it's a lot of what the promise of radio was when I started, but even better, uh, because you ha- can have a worldwide audience that you're not defined by the the power of your reach, but you're more defined by the focus of your content. Hmm. I love that. I love that. And that's not a really good radio story. I mean, I don't know if you want to know about, you know, uh, the the morning DJ getting high before the show or something like that, but that used to happen. Um, um, How about uh, any famous people you've talked with? Oh, famous people. I got got some of those stories too. Uh, But, um, you know, I rode an elevator with Kurt Cobain. How about that? Um, So, (laughs) uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, lots of stuff that, um, you know, that happened and when it was, when it was good, it was very good. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the the difficulty with the advertising, what happened in the consolidation in the medium where it used to be in a market, uh, well, nationally, you could only own seven radio stations, seven TV stations uh, in the whole country. And that went to 12, and that went to 20. And then they opened wide open that you could own as many as you wanted back in the early 90s. And so the, all this consolidation happening, the uh, bankers got involved. And saw radio as a tremendous cash flow business. Uh, many great radio stations would throw 50, 60% to the bottom line. It was an extraordinary business. And so by having the cost of these radio stations be bid up and bid up and bid up during the consolidation, uh, it made it you know, harder and harder to service this debt. Many of the big companies uh, went through bankruptcies uh, and restructurings in the 2000s and, and beyond. And you know, now this, the, the business is stabilized, but you look at a company like iHeart, which owns 800-some-odd radio stations, they are all about podcasting. They are one of the absolute top, depending on whose charts you look at. They host the iHeart Podcast Awards. They've gone to this. They have all this talent, uh, and they have a great platform for promotion, and some of their programs are, are excellent, and some are just, you know, repurposed radio, little jokes from the morning show. Uh, I think Elvis Duran, who's one of the best syndicated uh, morning radio show hosts, they do a daily podcast, which just takes the best bits from their morning show, puts it out in a podcast, you know, so you don't have to you know, go through everything else. And it's it's really kind of a interesting evolution uh, that, that what has happened there. Um, you know, when the Internet came along, uh, the world was was wide open as to who was going to be a, a news leader in a given uh, in a given town and the newspapers, which had always been the news leader. I mean, used to be, I used to talk to journalists who were frustrated by the fact that they research and do a great story, get it in the newspaper, and the next thing you knew, the TV reporters would go out and uh, follow up on the information in the story and create a TV story out of it. Uh, they didn't have to do the work. The news people were doing the work. But newspapers got hurt the worst in, in the evolution to, uh, to digital, and they were slow to react. They were slow to actually maintain their position as the, the news leader in the market. Many of the publishers were older and just wanted to make it through to retirement, but without having to deal with this. Uh, and that might be harsh, but it's really true. Uh, you know, some of the biggest newspaper companies in, in the country have, uh, you know, they, they've just they've cut themselves down to bare bones. And radio stations have done the same. They've cut it down, uh, you know, and cut down the number of people. And so the, the avenues for creativity and the avenues for, um, you know, expanding and taking advantage of digital were kind of taken away because all of a sudden you had one person doing what was formerly the job of three people or more. And so they kind of lost it, which is how 
everything else that came up you know, through the internet was able to happen uh, because they were coming in fresh with a, a blank slate and were able to create something that worked, which is how you know, Craigslist you know, destroyed newspapers in a big way by taking away one of their most lucrative and highly profitable areas of classified advertising. Um, and you know, all the other news sources that you can have uh, you know, now have, and, and just the time factor, you don't have, by the time the daily newspaper comes out in the morning, you've not only heard it on TV or seen it on the internet, but you also had comments and opinions and feedback and conversations about the news item before that paper lands on your front walk. And, uh, you know, they're, they've struggled. And so the, the whole you know, shift in media has created tremendous opportunities for independence. You used to have to go through a gatekeeper. Somebody had to hire you to work for that radio station or newspaper. You had to have a license to work for a radio station, um, which I got in like 1978 or something. And you don't have to do that now. With a minimal amount of money and a dedication and a passion for anything, you could create your own media. You can own your own media. And no. You're not going to be the dominant media player in your town, but you don't have to be. If you're focused enough on an audience that is, uh, you know, got you know, a reason to listen to you, and your con- and your program has, you know, uh, decent content, and you react to what your audience says, you can grow something which can be very successful. It can promote your business, promote you, help you get another job, um, do any sort of number of things, or it can just be fun. I mean, so many people in the Alliance are doing things which are really just for fun. There are people who do Dungeons and Dragons podcasts and local sports things and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Uh, and it's uh, it's unlimited as to what can happen with it. And that's the good side of what's happened in the uh, uh, the destruction of traditional media as we know it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very important. You, you brought up some great points there. Um, I didn't nail all of them down, but especially the word fun, um, I do believe a lot of people take especially the internet too seriously sometimes and sometimes we just got to lighten up a little bit and um just remind ourselves that yeah this is for fun you know it's like i'm not getting paid to do this you're not getting paid to do this and we're just doing we're just talking we're just two guys just talking over some coffee you know so well, hopefully someone's listening <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's all right because it's it's just i'm having coffee with with a good friend I just met, his name's Peter, and he started this amazing podcast alliance, and I was interested in podcasting, so I was like, hey, why don't I talk to the expert, because I don't know <laughs> well, anything about podcasting at all, other than, like, I love podcasts, and I love listening to them. Um, I used to listen to This American Life back in the day before, you know, podcasting was cool, and so it's really interesting to see how far podcasting has come. And I definitely believe it's one of the kind of last corners of uh, creative expression. And so you brought up some really amazing points there, um, Peter, and I really um, appreciate you doing that. So can you um, can you tell me in the future, where do you want to see your podcast alliance grow? You know, do you have a projection like just a year out or where are you hoping to go with it? Uh, <laughs> um, it's good to have goals, right? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm looking to see where it takes me, ah. um, which is, you know, one thing. Uh, and, you know, the, the thing about an alliance, and this isn't a, an association, hmm. uh, you know, which is more of a, you know, represents an industry. Uh, you know, we're not a lobbying organization. You know, we're not trying to, you know, change 
rules or whatever. We're not setting up technical specs, uh, things like that. We're an alliance, you know, which is people working together. Mm-hmm. And you know, the more that we have people who contribute and uh, contribute to, you know, things of value, you know, to the alliance and to each other within the alliance, um, is is how it will how it will grow. Um, you know, I think that uh, you know what I'd like to see happen is uh, potentially you know to either forge alliances with people who are uh, hosting uh, either virtual or in the real world conferences uh, that uh, help people uh, in the podcasting space and we get to meet each other in person. Um, I would like to see uh, you know, more sponsorship uh, happening by people who want to you know, speak to these podcasters and who have things to offer them to make their shows you know, better. I would like to... Uh, see the independent podcast alliance podcast itself uh, take off and be a place that uh, you know people want to come and share their stories i would like to see uh, my own podcasts uh, that are in development um you know do well also and you know i think that that's one of the things that i'll be using it for is uh you know to get people to uh you know promote uh, you know, the things that I do in exchange for me helping them promote theirs. That's what it's all about. It's sharing, it's caring, it's unity, which is a, a big phrase this week. Yeah, it's huge. I love unity. And I think it's really important to um, move forward with unity and coming together and people sharing ideas and experiences um, as close as we can. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, I really, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I've just got a few more questions, uh, if if you have the time. I, I, I would, yeah, I love Please. to, uh, <laughs> I love to figure out um, just what uh, are are you reading any good books lately? Do you have any recommendations? I know it's just beginning twenty twenty one, so I'm sure you, you're kind of getting a fresh start, fresh start with your New Year's resolution. So uh, any any books you're reading now that you would recommend to people? Um. Oh wow. Uh, I'm usually in a couple of uh, books at a time. I actually just uh, responded to an online ad this morning for uh, an app called Headway. I think it's Headway hmm. because it literally I just uh, you know, picked it up today. Yeah, Headway. What Headway does is it um, it's kind of like um, there's a couple other services that are like this, which consolidate the uh, important points of a book into you know smaller, more manageable things, sort of like, uh, you know, an outline. A lot of times a, <clears throat> a big book can be summarized and, uh, you know, and, and cut out some of the examples and, you know, things. And so uh, I, I just started redoing uh, Tim Ferriss's uh, The 4-Hour Workweek, uh, which I, you know, read years ago. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to refresh my memory about a lot of the things which uh, he brings up in there. Um, I've also been listening to – what have I been listening to? I, I should know off the top of my head if it's exciting me so much, but um, as I said, I usually have a couple of things open at once, depending on my on my mood. And most of my my book consumption is in audio form. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm an audio guy. What can I tell you? Oh, audio books. Um, then, yeah. What audio books yeah, exactly. are you into? <laughs> uh, do the work, mm. um, which is um, uh, Gary John Bishop's uh, follow up book to Unfuck Yourself. Mm. Uh, which is, uh, you know, really pretty much about the, the practical things of doing that. Also, um, been listening to Richard Branson's The Virgin Way. I kind of forgot that one. And uh, Jeff Tweedy of Wilco has a really cool book called Write One Song. And this is a really interesting book, uh, even if you don't think you're a songwriter, because it's about uh, a creative process. 
And it's not about, you know, how to be a great songwriter. It's, it's write one song. And it's really pretty neat. I just started that one, and I'm very excited about it. I have a lot of respect for Wilco and, and Jeff Tweedy uh, to begin with. And this is a really uh, a really cool book. So those are the three that I've uh, most recently been putting into my, my ears. Beautiful, beautiful. Are there any and, other um, medium recommendations, like maybe a podcast or a TV show or a movie that you would uh, recommend? Um, the most recent podcast I've listened to, and I've got so many on my, you know, my my podcast apps. Um, uh, Heather Monahan's uh, "Creating Confidence," hmm. I, I enjoy. Uh, she just had a a really interesting interview with uh, Les Brown, a very very well known uh, top rated speaker, who's now in his seventies and still going strong. And that was also interesting because. Uh, I less turned up on Clubhouse the other day, I'm, and I'm very intrigued by the power of Clubhouse. Uh, right now, it's an iOS-only app. Uh, if you have iOS, uh, go ahead and download the app, and you'll probably get an invitation soon. They're, they're still in beta, and they're handing out invites, uh, but it is fascinating. It's an audio-only social network, and people are hosting rooms uh, to talk about tons of subjects. And there's a lot of uh, people on there with uh, podcasting rooms, and I will be having one for the Alliance there as well, um, where we're having conversations about, uh, you know, all sorts of things in the medium, uh, you know, either issues. And, you know, I, I really don't want to have one more conversation in my life about what microphone should I start with. But, um, you know, some of that, uh, some of the, the newer things like a streaming service like this or Squadcast or, or whatever, uh, things which are better audio than Zoom are coming up as conversations and also ideas about promoting, about, um, you know, getting great guests, about being a great guest. Uh, and, and there's a lot of focus on monetization and monetization is much more than just ads and sponsors. It's, um, you know, can a podcast help you grow your existing business? Um, you know, can you do, uh, cross promotional affiliate deals, all sorts of things like that. So, uh, clubhouse is really one of the things I've been listening to, which has taken the place of some of my podcast listening, uh, but in addition to Heather's um, podcast, i um, just going to open up my uh, thing so I don't forget one that I really love. I think the one that I've listened to more consistently than any podcast over the last shit, 10 years uh, has been Mark Barron's WTF, mm-hmm. which is still great. Um, you know, he just had uh, John Densmore from The Doors on there and Kate Winslet and, and just, you know, he's always got high quality guests and he's an outstanding interviewer. You can learn a lot mm-hmm. from him. Uh, Seth Godin's podcast, Akimbo, is always full of great stuff. Uh, love to uh, to hear what he has to say. He's so damn smart. Um, I listen to the Pod News podcast, uh, you know, almost daily, which is uh, obviously podcast industry news, um, which is great. I like some of Tim Ferriss's interviews. Um, on an entertainment side, uh, Broken Record, because I'm a music guy, mm. uh, which is Malcolm Gladwell and Rick Rubin and some other people uh, doing uh, really deep dives into uh, certain music artists. That's been fantastic. Um, and uh, the Jordan Harbinger Show, of course. Um, you know, Jordan's great, and he's always got uh, you know wonderful uh, you know information. He's very wise. Uh, I like his stuff a lot. Um, 
yeah, that's enough. Okay. Uh, you know, I, there, there are dozens, and it really kind of depends on on the mood. I should have I, sh- I should have finited that question to your top three, but that's all good. <laughs> Just like you do with top books. Thirty. I know, right? It's like yes, they do top thirty. Yeah, music choices. Um, I think um last one quickie is about your favorite movie or your old school movie, like before you know any of this new stuff came out. What was a film that you enjoyed in your, I don't know, early adulthood? In your 70s, 80s, in the 70s, 80s era, let's say that. Sure. Um, <laughs> well, the first one that comes to mind is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Monty Python's Flying Circus on PBS uh, changed my life in, in, the, in the 70s. Uh, that was just something where, you know, very few of us discovered it. And it was like, oh, my God. You know, this is so radically different uh, than anything else in the world. Uh, and, and, you know, their, their sensibility and humor. And actually, John Cleese from Monty Python has gone on to be a really powerful business speaker. Uh, I don't know if he's still active with it or not, but uh, a lot of his stuff that's out there is really great. Because, uh, you know, he just, he doesn't take, he, you know, it, it, the idea of Python was poking fun at the pompous and, and there's nothing more pompous than the, a lot of business leaders and so a lot of you know what he does uh, was very interesting in that regard uh, and uh, gosh other movies that really affected me back then um, Repo Man Dawn of the Dead uh, okay, I gave you one. I gave you one. So <laughs> we'll stop at Mighty Python. Uh, so the final last question I would love to ask my guests who are on the show is if there was one thing that you could do today to start your business or your small business as, let's say, a podcaster, since that seems to be you're an expert, you're the audio guy. Um, what would what what advice would you impart to that to that person who was enthusiastic about podcasting and just wanted to start today? I would say that uh, look to people who are already doing what you want to do and uh, model yourself after them. Uh, not to the point of plagiarizing, but uh, you know, just to look at uh, how they're approaching their work, uh, you know, be it the, the discipline or the style or the, uh, you know, even the format. Uh, but again, you know, not with a, you know, really, uh, without plagiarizing, but just to, to model, which is, you know, not copying either. Uh, there is a, a saying that, um, Mediocre artists borrow and great artists steal. Um, and there's nothing wrong with stealing a, a great idea uh, or, you know, a great beat or anything like that. Um, and uh, you don't have to have something which is absolutely brand new. You have to have something which is brand you. So do what makes you excited and happy and, and follow it. And uh, be prepared to... Uh, have the people closest to you tell you you're wrong <laughs> and occasionally they're right but for the most part they just don't understand uh, actually i think i'm wearing it today yeah i have a t-shirt that says uh i'm not delusional i'm an entrepreneur and the idea being that, that the entrepreneur and the, uh, the delusional both see things that aren't there mm-hmm. the difference being that the uh, entrepreneur goes out and makes them real that's beautiful. I love that. So where can people find you again if they want to um, get in touch with you? Um, you can find me on Twitter. The handle there is ads and the number four podcasts. Uh, that's the Independent Podcast Alliance Twitter. My personal one is C Peter C. And uh, 
that's a good way to find me. Also, Instagram is cpeterc. And, of course, uh, podcastalliance.org is where you can go and sign up for free and uh, be in our private social network or message me there. And that's uh, those are probably the easiest ways. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Peter. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you later. Very good. entrepreneur i'm here to tell you about this new creative agency called leaders leaders specializes in building your brand or business through your story to the online market safely leaders are made up of general specialists in photo video web marketing and copy if you are a small business or brand struggling in the online sphere leader is here for you you can find Leaders on their Instagram at leaders.co, spelled L-E-A-D-R-S dot co. If you would like to advertise with Show Podcast, slide us a DM at our Instagram at show.podcast with a period in the middle of show and podcast. Thanks, guys, and have a great day.